Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeons & Dragons. I am, as always, your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. This is the Coalition campaign, and we have a meager three party members tonight. But before I get to them, another shout-out to Critical Wick for all your Dungeons & Dragons and wax-based needs. Critical Wick. Roll the die. But to do that, you're going to have to burn the candle first, because the die is at the bottom. Anyway, we have our... Super they're very good. It smells so good. Very good. Uh, we have our, uh, like I said, our only three people of the party tonight. So tonight's going to be probably pretty short but sweet. We have our uh, rogue. Hello, this is Devin playing Baranga. And we have our fighter. Hello, this is Jeff playing Geharan. And our warlock. Hi, this is Jesse playing Baylen Dees. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> it's coordination, that's what it's it is. Just it's coming to the fucking man. bit for damn sure. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, we joined the, the the heroes. They have decided to take a few extra days of uh, vacation on the at, the at the Mountain Peak Monastery of the Way of the Clawed Fist. After last night uh, disposing of the aberration that came from the crystal while they performed the ritual on it, and then enjoying a luxurious feast. And in addition, receiving the blessing from McLow, the Grandmaster of Transcendence of these uh, monks, the ability to communicate telepathically with their allies, provided they're in a meditative state. You all have the entire day before you. You've just left breakfast. What do you all do with your free day? Hey, we should test out this telepathic stuff, guys. I'm game. Go for it. Um, <clears throat> Frung uh, is uh, looks around for a place where he can go. He's, you know what? I'm going to go to a secluded place um, and then start meditating. And then uh, I guess I'll just say things every couple minutes to see if anybody picks up on it. And then Farung's going to... Uh, leave the area and go go to the closest house okay <laughs> uh karen thinks that's a great idea and he is also going to meander off a bit uh while concentrating he's not quite sure uh how to go about it the best way would be like he starts overthinking it like am i concentrating am i concentrating enough to do this and as he's doing that uh he would trip and think and say balls but who knows if anyone can hear him in their heads. Well, bear in mind, you have to be still to, to activate oh. this. So if you're walking around, you're definitely not doing anything. All right, in anyway. that case, he's just going to trip and yell balls in front of a bunch of monks. Right. So to the me. couple of nearby monks sort of snicker a little bit at your gallant display of balance. But uh, their laughter is cut short when a gl silvery gleam catches your eye as you are stopped inches from the ground and a clawed clawed hand pit pulls you back up onto your feet his palm pressed in the middle of your chest it's Bagor and he sort of dusts off your shoulders and says our brain in another place than our body friend um <clears throat> uh Garen would blush as much as it's possible um not exactly proud of looking the fool, especially in front of neophytes. Um, but uh, he would look to him and say, sorry, I was thinking about um, yesterday's lesson, and I guess I sort of just lost where I was walking with these feet. Well, any conversation with McLow can make one detached in, after a fashion. It's not surprising to hear that. Remember, no matter what you do, you must always... Be, keep in mind the flow of everything. And with that, he sort of turns to walk away. Thanks, uh, Garen would say, sort of having been given even more to think about now. <laughs> he sort of gives like a little gesture. He would uh, look around for one moment and place his hands on his hips. And uh, as much as he appreciates and respects everything about the monastery, he would just go, this place is... So above me. 
Do you, so do you do you continue on with trying to communicate oh, with yeah, your allies? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's he's um he's gonna try one more time and actually try and uh concentrate and think his thoughts out towards the other two. Alright, give me a concentration check. Does a 16 concentrate? Yep. You feel uh, a channel in your mind switch. And you can sort of see with your eyes closed in the distance uh, rough locations of where your allies are. Mm, That's handy. Has Farong reached the outhouse yet? I don't know. I don't know how far it is outside of the room we were in. And and you don't like see him. You just like oh okay. You like <laughs> like can, energy source, like a little orb or sort something. of. Like you can sense that he's not that far away. All right, just because that was really going to affect the conversation. Yeah, it's going to be like, dude, I can see you. Be like, oh fuck yeah, and then just meta the game. More so, oh. meta the game more so. <laughs> Um, it would be, I don't want to say disconcerting the Garen, but it is certainly outside of his realm of experience. Pretty much anything magical would be truly outside his realm of experience. Uh, the man's good at punching things and being punched in the face. That's what he does. All right, everyone heard that. Yeah, I should start speaking in first person. You're really going to get punched in the face, huh? I couldn't tell. Were you focusing on that? Led. Am I shitting right now? I don't know. Are you shitting right now? We could say that I made it to an outhouse. Alright, that sounds good. You're in an outhouse. There is a hole where you shit. Hmm. There is uh, a door that you can close. I put a vial into the hole. No. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I, I, fo- I, I close the door and I sit and focus on um, trying to, you know, Sit down, focus, and start like. All right, give me a thinking, concentration check. Saying, uh, what goes into that as well? Uh, what modifier? Well, are you proficient in concentration? That's not a skill. No. Then it's just a constitution bonus. Okay, eleven. Okay, you're able to. It takes you a moment, but right around when you empty your bowels. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I was like, oh, it's taking me a while to concentrate, huh? Oh, I think so, I just grabbed my pants. Uh, no. So right after you empty your bowels, you, uh, you, you've you heard what Garen had said in his sort of like monologue about how all this magic is above him because he's good at punching things and good at being punched. And then you just respond with... You're really, you're really good at getting punched in the face? Garen would sort. Of, I'm sorry. No, everyone hears that. Um, Garen would whip his face, you know, kind of like look around, not knowing what he expected to see, but hearing the voice, he looked around to try and find the source of it. It's in your brain. I know, but that doesn't stop him from looking around. Okay. Stevie wondering it right now in the middle of the courtyard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he would. <laughs> <laughs> it's really accurate. I love it. Guys, that's fucked up. <laughs> He's got the dreads. Um, he would just say, "Yeah, this is this is gonna take some getting used to." <laughs> uh, Frank says, I, "I guess. I mean, we were kind of told already what was gonna happen. I mean, do, I mean, can we distinguish whose voice it is?" Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll leave it at that. All right. So when other people, so when the other pe- members of the party aren't concentrating but just walking around, they can still hear. Yeah, what's it's going. it's they like um, con- it's like a a, a radio or like a, okay. like a walkie-talkie. Mm-hmm. Like only one person uh, can be live on the channel at once, but everyone can hear it. Okay. Cool. Well, then Valens started walking around. Um, the, the monastery, trying to find, like, see if there's battlements, see if there's, like, a, a, a walkway around the actual walls. There is. Um, 
Uh, so he's up there walking around just kind of laughing to himself um, at his two compatriots, um, <laughs> disclosing some of their uh, deepest, darkest thoughts to <laughs> the others. That's um, really it. For, if you for saw now. Garen, Garen would be holding two fingers to his ear like he was talking into an earpiece. <laughs> like Secret Service, like yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, just wait till he tries to be subtle and talks into his hand. <laughs> just imagine this this dragonborn with like really awkward looking around, two fingers on his ear, yeah. like in the middle of this monastery. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> you have to say over, otherwise we don't know it's over. Over. So we're just going to collectively talk into <laughs> people's ear while they bone in character now. Right on. Yeah, that's a good application of that. Used by design. <laughs> Making the most out of our divine gifts. Yeah, right. It's not a bug, it's a feature. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a bug if you go in underprotected. Ooh, or if you lay with a thrive right, team. Lyrics for that. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so who wants to sort of get spotlighted first? I'm still eating. I'm, I'm down. I don't mind. <clears throat> but my what I want to do has to take place in the morning. Well, good thing it's the morning. How can oh, okay. Well, All right. So um, right before sunrise um balan's going to um get up from the room and uh, doing his best not to wake any of his party members up um he's gonna go out and find a spot facing um the east up on the battlements that he was up at earlier and um he's just gonna kind of get down on both knees take like a, a meditative position and um, think solely about the moment when his memories were stolen. Um, and think about the creature that stole them from him. Uh, the old hag with the walking house. Um, and just really focus heavily on <coughs> finding a location for them. Um, following what McClo had told him to do. Um, in hopes of actually locating the Baba Yaga. You feel a pull to the west. Hard to the west. If Valen gets up and looks to the west, does he see anything visually? Is there, or is it just like a pull from his core? And you don't see anything on the horizon or anything. Mm-hmm. But it's almost as if like... Like you feel it pull at your center. And then... uh you could just—I'm trying to figure out how I would describe this sensation, but it's very far. Right. So it's a faint pulling, but it's there. No, it's a powerful one because it's how oh, okay. far away it is. But I, I'm aware of how of the distance. Okay. It's probably not in the tundra. Right. That might not even be on this continent, maybe. Right, who, who knows? Okay. Alright. Um, feeling the pull um, and to himself, assuming that that's exactly where he needs to go um, to find this creature and get back what she stole from him. Um, Valen's going to look around just to make sure that he's more or less alone. Um you know, try to make sure that there's not many prying eyes or anyone listening in on him. No, there seems uh, to be, it seems to be pretty quiet up on the battlements. Okay. All right. Uh, Valen's going to mutter to himself, uh, just kind of talking to himself and saying, no. all right. So I know where this thing is. And he's going to close his eyes and really focus on where his power comes from, which is a very fiery feeling. Um, He's made a pact with the fiend, and he hasn't had a lot of time to explore that. He doesn't quite know what it means, um, what, what 
the real contract is with this fiend. Because since the moment that he got his power, he's been on the run. So as you he's got some peace. as you focus on, did you have a name for this entity, or am I naming it? I can do that if you want. I just didn't know if you would. Hey, go for it. I did. I didn't really have anything in mind. So you focus on this for a long time. It feels like minutes. You start to sweat, even though the cool morning breeze uh, chills your skin. You feel something poke out of your forehead, and a small trail of blood falls down and it gets in your eye and you feel and realize you've sprouted horns horns like the, the, the that curl up and out of your head and they're made of like searing hot bone and fire and you can feel something pull out of its way out of your back and you sprout a pair of vestigial useless wings you feel your shoes begin to burst and but look down and just hooves of fire are now your feet and all of these get pulled away from you past the edge of the wall and appear and full out their form and what is flying in the air in front of you is a black red and purple moth mm. it's it it, it initially is flying horizontally, but then it almost straightens itself to look at you. The ends of the ends of its insectoid legs end in the hooves of a mammal. Its face, instead of just a weird pair of antenna and proboscis, is that of a well of a well um, glamoured male face. The skin is black as pitch. His teeth as radiant as freshly bleached tile and the horns that were on your head have now left like bloody circular wounds and are on his the wings have been flapped and are now no longer vestigial and sprout into large moth like wings that that seem to be waving back and forth to keep him afloat but you think this is just a show and so this figure that stands before you uh, raises one of its cloven hoof legs to its face and sort of like rotates and the hoof disappears into a hand, like a human hand, the same black pitch as its face skin. And it takes a small glass bobble and cracks it against its chin like an egg. And you can see what can best be described as uh, like cream of soul flow oh, into its mouth as it swallows it and throws the glass to the side as it falls probably some great distance. Sort of adjusts his throat. <coughs> what is it that you want, pack being? Whoa. Um, I I, I want to know I want to know what makes this pact what what are the terms why do you give me this power what do I owe you and how do I get out of it well you're gonna have to put those questions either on paper or repeat them slowly in order I'm a I'm a well what I am is not important but my power is undeniable although answering rapid-fire questions I think is a skill set only for the most queer of beings Fair. Uh, fine. We'll start start at the beginning. What is what is the nature of our agreement? What it is relatively straightforward. Why did you... and for which he sort of with the same hand that is actually a hand rummages in his thorax's fuzz and pulls out a piece of parchment that you realize is actually skin, drow skin, oh, and holds it <laughs> forward and shows it to you. He can't reach past the wall. He tries to, and there's like a there's like a glass wall, and he's like, "Oh, cute." And he says, "Well, you can read it. You signed it. It's the pact between the two of us." And that's enough time. And he sort of like away. You got enough to see that. Okay, I want you to think of three one-word answerable questions that you would have tried to deduce from that contract. 
Okay. Um, God, that's rough. Okay. Um, one word answers. Okay. Uh, like what? Uh, what do I owe the creature? Essence. Okay. Most likely mine. Or feeding it others. Okay. When does the contract end? 15 years after your mortal death. Oh. Okay. So, for 15 years after my death, something's going to happen in that 15-year span. Or will happen for the duration of 15 years. Lovely. Uh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm honestly surprised this is not to be a hint, but there's one question that I would really want the answer of, and I can't believe you haven't asked it. Uh, its name? Uh, that, that's the only thing that I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> you notice yeah. that he has signed, that, that there's two signatures at the bottom of the pact. Your name uh, mm-hmm. and the owner of the pact. The name is Mezel Tot. M E Z I L hyphen T O T. Okay. All right. I'm just jotting this down. Yep. So I don't forget it. Okay. So Mezel Tot. All right. So, Mezel, mm-hmm. I know your name now, which is odd for a being such as yourself to give a name so freely, but I guess I'm under a pact, so well, you, there's not much Well, you pop- would do well to remember that amongst the many rules, my name is mentioned several times. Mm, true. So are you here for me to teach you about the rules, or are you here to ask me for something? You can only have one. I would like to ask you for some sort of power that will give me an edge over this Baba Yaga creature. His face grimaces slightly at the words Baba Yaga. From whence did you meet such a being, and why would you cross one? Uh, We were not aware of her being a Baba Yaga. It was just a hut in the desert, and um, we saw a downed caravan, and we investigated, and I was unfortunate to get caught, and as payment for disrupting their work she took a memory of mine at least from what I can tell Hmm. and I'm sworn to get it back well perhaps you should know some things about your alleged adversary before you even go on your ridiculous crusade against one Baba Yaga are amongst the most powerful spellcasters that call themselves in tune with the earth they are the Baba Yaga you have probably aggressed is several hundred, maybe even a thousand years old. And considering that they didn't get involved the last time your crystals called for help, I assume that they don't really need them. Which should be a terrifying enough thought for you to begin with. If you weren't standing on the other side of the screen, I'd slap you for your insolence. If you're dealing with people who talk to the ground, be nice Always. Uh, be be nice. A a a fiend like yourself is telling me to be nice. Well, yes. I'm at a loss for words. You should be. Or well, I suppose being at a loss for words when at the concept of being nice is on the table, it perfectly explains as to how you offended that earth hag. <sighs> It's always pleases and thank yous. It gets you a lot of places. So, 
being polite will get me back what she's taken from us? It'll get you on the right path. You can raise a sword to her, but she'll just call the earth to devour you. Or worse. I'm not telling you not to go about it your own way. Your vengeance is your own. But Mm. I would not throw away considering other options. Very well. So politeness is the power to defeat this well defeat I guess is off the table. Oh, I wouldn't say so, but I'm looking for. Considering what you're currently working with, it would be quite the task. No, politeness will get you in their home without them killing you. Politeness will get you to talk to them without them killing you. Politeness will maybe even give you the privilege of serving them for something, in which case that kindness or servitude will in turn get you what's removed. But I do not like to deal with these people, which is why horns. Hmm. Very well. All right. Well, uh... Okay. I guess that's what I get, then. Out of the two options... Nice. Well, you asked for power, didn't you? I did. So, I will give you power. I understand that you've received some sort of weird manipulation to your corpse body, meat body, to see where this being is. I can't touch you when you're standing inside of that battlement. It's got some sort of, well, I know why. It's that fucking crystal. Extend your hand or something. Uh, Valen will put a leg up on one of the edges of the wall and extend his hand out to the moth. Alright, you, when you look at your feet again, by the way, they're totally normal. Your shoes aren't destroyed or anything. Ooh, thank God. <laughs> he reaches out his actual hand and places a single finger on your palm. And you can feel, like... Have you ever gotten, like, an IV, but the, like, liquid was hot? Yeah. That. <laughs> happens okay so like an in, inner searing yeah not like burning but but hot like you can feel it travel through you because it's hotter than you are mm-hmm. it shoots up past your heart and wraps around it and then you can feel the heat just around your heart until it mm. eventually you know the heat lessens but you can feel it it's almost as if like there's a there's like a spiral of bone around your heart. Oof. And he says, break in case of emergency. Break break my heart? That's what it said. Um very well. Uh what what will that do? Oh well it won't kill you. You don't have to break your heart, just the thing I put on it. And it will be very helpful, I'm sure. One-time use, I'm guessing. That's a fair guess. All right. Uh, Valen will pull his hand back uh, pretty quick, actually. Um, He's fairly eager to be on the other side of the barrier. Um, He didn't really know what to expect out of this. He knew it would be unpleasant, but not quite this unpleasant. Right. Um, So Valen will stop and say, well, you've answered... All the questions that I've that I've asked, you've given me a safety net, I suppose. Um, I, I appreciate the uh, the insight, and um, obviously the power that you grant. But can't say it's unnerving. It's not unnerving, rather. Well, it should be. The moment you take something like this for granted is the moment when it kills you. Very well. Oh, and bear in mind, well, you cannot use the powers that I bestow upon you, such as what I've done to your heart, in vicinity of your crystals. As you can tell, I'm not exactly welcome near them. Mm, I guess that makes the most sense. Very well. Well, uh, until we talk again, if we talk again. Oh, we will. Just keep keep your calling to me. L- 
less frequent than the moon, okay? That's you're, fair. You're not the only person I have to work with. Very well. And he extends his, uh, he then, extends his hand oh. almost as if to shake yours, if you would breach the barrier again. Valen will steal himself a little bit before reaching out of the barrier this time, okay. after being touched by him before, and reach out, clasp his hand. Okay. It's, it, it, it. It, it's it's warm, but you don't feel like an invasion into you again. And just while he sort of very firmly uh, shakes your hand gently, he says, listen to me. We are allies. Do not mistake my curtness with you for anything other than my professionalism. I have a lot to gain from being well with you, and you have a lot to gain with being well with me. Whatever it is you people say, be well, ta, he lets go and just, like brimstone, poofs. I like how that demon sounded like Frank Underwood. <laughs> you pick up on that? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, dude, so, so perfect. Uh, Valen will pull his hand back into the protection of the monastery and uh, sit for a second, just kind of shake off the the interaction because it was truly unsettling but at the same time feeling a little bit more steeled and dare maybe even comfortable with the arrangement that he has with the fiend uh because of the pretty apparent professionalism that there is set up for something so dark um and he'll mull all this over walking off the battlements and uh, that'll be his day We'll spend the rest of the day thinking on it. Well, and but uh, just something to know. Um, with every beat of your heart, you can feel what is wrapped around it. As oh, a, so it's something that I can actively feel. It doesn't hurt, and it's not constrictive, but it's you. It's it's hard to ignore when your heart's pumping fast. Right. Okay. So, something that I might actually be able, be able to, like, affect if at my choosing. Right. Mm. Okay. That was... That was everything I wanted it to be. Wow. Okay. Good stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's your that's day. Uh, what about either of the other two of you? Well, I mean... I'm still in the porta pot. Or, sorry, outhouse. Right. Uh, does you... Aaron want to just stand in the middle of the courtyard? Do you have some sort of idea of what he wants to do? Okay. Um, Well, I guess I'm going to go ahead and uh, leave the outhouse. Okay. And uh, take a look around of what's going on outside. Um, who has the sending stones from... Uh, uh, not Muldoren. Uh, I think everyone has one. I think everyone has one. Bagdura? Yeah, Bagdura Zor. That's what it is. Yep. Uh, I, we all uh, took one and pocketed them, so okay. every member has... Um, so Farong, yours is the only one that begins to sort of emanate with a voice. I pick up the stone. And you hear Bagdurazor's voice. Hello? Hello? Um, Farong? Farong? Yes. Yes, hello, this is Dog. No. Farong would answer yes, hello. Oh, 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 good. I, I'm glad that I called the right stone. Um, there is someone here who would like to speak with you. Uh, I was told to get acquainted. Well, there was a knife involved. I got scared. Uh, who is it? Uh, you hear a very delicate, but powerful, feminine voice that you immediately recognize. She's one of the other um, royal scouts. That you've worked with multiple times. 
and uh, she addresses you in your full state stature and rank uh-huh. and requests a report. Uh, I ask her to state her her rank and her name and which uh, which battalion and unit she's with before I can disclose that sort of information. Um, gotcha. No, no, you don't. <laughs> Okay. All right. One sec. <laughs> All right. So, sorry about that. We were literally just making up a military uh, structure. And at your question, she scoffs and says, It's almost offensive, Farong, that you don't remember one of your own walker mates back in the old days when we had to clean the boots of runners to prove our worth. Is she speaking Elvish or common? Elvish. Okay. Uh, she's spoken entirely in Elvish to you. Okay. And she says, my name is Thurgris the West, the West Walker. The Mist wow. Walker. Thurgris Mist Walker. Or just Mist Walker, not the Mist Walker. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be like, that's a that's an interesting name. That's a heady fucking name for someone yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, so is she also a captain? Or is she... she is still a runner, but you both were in the same uh, class when you became when you when you entered into the force, the expedition force to become uh, walkers. So you're quite acquainted gotcha. with her. Um, she's a little shorter oh, than the average elf, but she uh, has long white hair, as is a uh, iconic style from her family. Oh, so I see they finally promoted you to captain. No, unfortunately, I am still a runner. I was a part of a expeditionary force, much like yourself, but, well, I was the only one to return home after an ambush. But I have been oh, sent... I heard what happened to you and yours. That's a horrible story, really. You kind of just broke up for me. Oh, you... Sorry, she said... I missed none of that. Uh, or all of it, sorry. Uh, she said, I had heard what happened to you and yours. That was a horrible a horrible story we heard. But I have been sent to the great city of Yal to seek out a way to communicate with you. Some of the royal scouts have seen your latest findings and find them massively intriguing. If you can stop by within the next year, they'd greatly appreciate your, your attendance. And between me and you, Farung... I think this means you may choose your path. Hmm. I guess we'll see when the time comes. But right now we have more pressing matters to attend to. Um, if we're even going to see it to the next year. Or soon, whatever, whatever the fucking thing is. Don't worry. You're not the only one from the expeditionary force on your mission. There are a couple of others who have been called into the fold. So keep your eyes Keep your eyes sharp and your ears for our calls, and you might actually cross paths with some of us. I'll be sure to do so. Um, I do have a question for you. Why are you threatening our point of contact with a knife? Oh, he's a bookly little worm, and he wouldn't let me talk to you. Probably for good reason. Anyway, you should apologize to that man. Of course. The old... A lot of knowledge. My apologies, Captain. It's been good to hear from you. You as well. I hope to see you shortly. May your path be always under your feet. And the yeah. sending stone goes silent. And then it goes silent. He was like, if I can ever fucking find the path. <laughs> and then with that thought, Frung's like, you know, I should probably see if there's anybody around here willing to show me a thing or two that I don't already know about or I don't know about and uh, he'll, he'll wander around the, the courtyard well I mean you easily see plenty of different uh, dis disciples and also several of the masters is any of the masters you want to talk to uh well, I feel like the dude who can just fucking read people's minds and talk to him would be a pretty wise guy to talk to so <clears throat> I'm going to go over and talk to that bug man. He was a bug man, right? A bug woman, but yeah. Oh, bug woman. I'm going to, well, I'm going to go talk to the bug. 
Uh, McGlow does not turn to you, but you hear her voice in your in your head, and she's and she's um, actively lecturing a couple of uh, other students. Um, but you hear her in your mind, and she says, "I see that you're lost. What can I help you for?" Um, Frog would would think. Um, you can be, uh, please finish your lecture. Um, I just wish to inquire about a few different things and see if I could approve upon them um, for our travels ahead of us. So her upper pair of arms, it continues to gesticulate with her lecture to the students, but their, her lower pair of arms turn and gesticulate with her words that you're hearing. And she goes, oh, it's truly not a bother. If I don't hold more than one lecture at a time, I almost begin to get bored. Oh, well, fair enough. Um, Frong would go in and he would say, you know, I, I would like to inquire about the things of the, the, the things of the, that are unseen in nature uh, throughout our known world. However, I have a pretty good idea on it. Just pretty shitty luck when it comes to uh, spot checking things. But um, one thing I've, I've always wanted to, to pick up on ever since my unit was ambushed a while back was how to administer efficient and effective first aid. Uh, I don't know if that's something that you would have any insight into or um, if you could gesture me towards an infirmary with a a master or an expert in that field. I can do you one better, my friend. I can have one one of the disciples that I'm not actively teaching send you to the library, escort you there. Um, and from my personal collection, you can take one book, if pro- provided you return it. Frung needs to change his pants. <laughs> anyway, uh, Frung, Frung would say, uh, I, I mean, I don't need the book. If I do take it, though, I would return it um, uh, to you at a later point. But if, if you don't want it back, I'll just take it to my capital city and have it stored in the the grand archives there. Uh, you hear her voice go, you know what? And she turns around to face you with, um, and the arms that are gesticulating to the different patterns of speech that she's performing swap. So almost that she's carrying on too, but turns to you without breaking a beat. In fact, after, after this lecture, I will take you there myself. And I will personally make the selection of what book that you may take, and I will let you keep it. Sounds good. And then Farong will will listen in and well say, you know that that would be fantastic. Uh, do you mind if I if I stay here and listen in on to the rest of your lecture with your students? Not at all. Disciples. And so she sort cool. of uh, turns to focus on the one lecture, and it, fifteen twenty minutes, maybe even an, a half hour later it's over and it seemed to have been something about putting your key into your fingers as part of delivering it with your punches stuff that seemed pretty foreign to you, but you thought there was an interesting concept. Attach keys to fingers makes punches more effective. This is, this is not the uh, way of the Baltimore fist. This is the (laughs) way of the, of the clawed fist. I mean, it is the bolt, yar. You tried. Yeah, I tried. Anyway. <clears throat> so as the class, as it were, is dismissed, she turns to you and says that she would care for you to follow her to the library. I immediately follow her. So she mentions that you have inquired, as you are walking, she mentions that you have inquired about several different topics, uh, about performing first aid, about knowing your surroundings and about finding a path. Which of those is the most interesting oh. to you? He, he would wave his hand. Just, uh, the, the last two is just strokes of bad luck. Uh, I, one thing I've never really been truly efficient at is administering first aid, especially critical combat care at that. Oh, very well. Then I know the perfect novel that you should read. It's like a fucking... Salvation Army, or not Salvation Army, but Red Cross first aid book. (laughs) 
here you go. Yeah, and oh, the, fuck, the fucking bookmark is just like a piece of leather with a little, like, dongle on the end, which is just a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> anyway, she leads you into uh, a room that you had not been in. It is a relatively modest library in size, but every book is a tome. Uh, there are maybe a few dozen shelves, all of which that are lined with books, many of which are in... Uh, a variety of languages, but many in common. You see topics of, you know, knowing the body, knowing one's self, you know, com- commitment to the path, you know, all co- all kinds of very uh, druidic and monk-focused book titles. Uh, and then she sort of just levitates super casually um, up to one of the top shelves for which there is a, uh, the top shelf actually, in, the books are setting on not just plain wood shelf, but on a shelf that has a sort of silk, like red silk on the underneath. So they're setting like, like a, it sort of denotes it as a special shelf. Oh, fuck. And she grabs a, a particular tome and floats back down. The spine is of marble and etched into it is. Uh, McLow's own name. Um, oh. And on the front, it's a picture of a person dressing up another person's like arm wound. And it just, the title is Wounds and How to Heal Them. What I've picked up in over 200 years of life. I want to picture that the, the, the artistry on the front is like the medieval type of tapestries <laughs> where it's like a person with a severed arm uh-huh. and someone's like wrapping it and it's just like mild disappointment on their face. <laughs> like, mm. I, I kind of almost imagine it. It's like the fallout. Sorry guys. for stabbing you. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so she hands it to you and sort of says, this will probably take you a few months to read, but I think that should you dedicate a few hours a day to it, you will learn much. I will start post haste. So go ahead and treat this as a uh, a skill book, for lack of a better term. Okay. If you read the entire book, which will take uh, 60 days of... Uh, or I don't want to get into like hours of downtime, but let's uh-huh. just say, if you spend like two hours a day reading it, it will take you sixty days. Okay. And when you finish it, you will gain proficiency in medicine. Oh, I already have that. Then you will get double proficiency in medicine. Yes. Uh, six days. Ish. Right. To complete reading. Uh upon completion and so uh, let's go ahead and say that was your day um, 100% Geheron what do you do with your day Geheron are you muted physical mic my god I am can you hear me now yeah cool uh, Garen would kind of be meandering about he'd have a few things on his mind actually um from the state of his current armor to, uh, you know, he'd actually hunt out one of the grandmasters, whatever one was the closest to him, and um, would ask them, actually, who would be the first grandmaster he comes across? Bagur, the uh, lizard folk. He would uh, greet him, and he would ask him how much he knew about the other planes. He uh, would immediately grin and go, I know a fair amount about the planes. You've come to the right master. What is it that you seek to know? Well, we found ourselves trapped in one, a dead world. And I met a creature there, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about him. Or should I say how handily he seemed like he could handle us. Well, can you tell me which of the dead worlds? There are three. Damn, we were told this, weren't we? Yep. 
Yeah, we were. Um, well, screw it. Uh, Garen would say I can't remember which one exactly. I just remember that there was a lot of skeletons. Uh, we were on tracks made of sinew and bone. There was these little furry ash people. He sort of like waves his hand to stop you. Simply tell me, how did the people and the world itself find you? Did they care for you or did they not care for you? The village we came across wanted to trade with us. They were fairly nice. Right, but they didn't invite you into a feast so they could feed you until you died from opulence, right? Uh, no. Hmm. Sounds like you were on the third dead realm. Possibly. I'm afraid I was a little, um, distracted when it was being described to us. A lot happened very quickly. As I'm sure it would. So tell me of this entity um, you faced. He was he was normal height, right? A little or fairly tall for a humanoid, right? But uh, who the 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 vampire boy? Yeah, he was about seven yeah. foot tall. Um, Garen would describe him in detail. Um, he sent us on a mission into his basement to hunt a creature he said he couldn't be bothered to defeat. And uh, that was an adventure in itself, but um, when I got down there, it was just a child holding an amulet. But his dimension had maddened everyone so much that no one else could see it. Did you feel and struggle? Did you feel strife? I felt like I was never going to see home again. Well, it sounds like you did what that being wanted, regardless of what you did to that person with the amulet. You must remember something about the Third Dead Realm. The place thrives on the suffering of those that are alive. So odds are, it might not have been real at all. But the being that you served there by going into his basement to kill whatever you killed that that whole thing was to sustain him and give him life it wasn't a soul that he devoured or blood that he drank or whatever it was he monikered to have done it it was truly your struggle and and hardship that he feasted on So you're telling me I've spent this last month thinking I murdered a child that might not have even been real? I, without being there, I can't tell you for sure, but I think that that's a possibility. And your continued suffering on the matter has only fed that being further. Garen would um, look to the halberd hanging over his shoulder that is pitch black and... Um, kind of get pensive for a moment and say, I've thought about it every time I've used this thing. Did he give it to you? He took what was a beautiful silvered halberd and turned it into this by stabbing it through himself. Come inside. I'd like to see it. He leads you into the hall. Uh, Garen would follow. Uh, he leads you down a hallway. You see McLow and Farong walk into a library uh, Farong is giddy, visibly. Um, Even a snail trail. <laughs> but <laughs> you you and Bagor walk to another part of, of the great building, uh, and you hear the delightful ringing of anvils and hammer before you even walk into the room. And you can see that the blacksmiths of the Order are present. He takes off of his takes off his long cloak that he normally wears and reveals the majority of his figure that was normally hidden. Uh, Bagor is a mighty mighty lizard folk. His muscles are numerous and he is no slouch despite how his casual uh, savoir-faire uh, would paint him to be. But he grabs uh, a bucket of oil and a bucket of water 
and stands near a anvil with a with uh, a hammer in his hand, and he asks for the halibird. Um, Garen's definitely going to be caught miring for a minute. Um, but he would hand it to him, and maybe it would almost sound like more to convince himself than the lizard man. But um, he would say that he grown, has grown used to how much more powerful the weapon is, but it does sicken him to keep using it, and he'd hand the halberd to him. I forgot, did I mention that Bagor has only one hand or not? I can't remember if I introduced him that way. I know that he has one of his eyes sewn shut with a scar. You did not mention the hand. Okay. Did it, does anyone else remember that detail? I can't remember if I included it or not. I do not. No, I don't know. my hand. You're asking the wrong person. I and, took pretty good notes. You may have mentioned it. I might have missed it. But... Eh, whatever. I'm DSS, DSX mocking it. He, he has both of his hands. If I said that yeah. he didn't have both of his hands. I mean, if we fought him and we glossed over that, that would be an issue. But Sure, sure. Um. So he takes the halibut in one hand, and with the other, he sort of glides his open palm across the side of the weapon its entire length. And you can see it almost like glimmer as there's some sort of like silvery dust that he has sprinkled along its entirety. Uh, and almost like, like he's powdering his rolling pin like a baker. He sort of like rubs the, that silvery powder into the haft of the weapon and into the pommel and then sprinkles a small uh, mountain of the dust onto the blade uh, as he begins to strike repeatedly the dust into the blade. Every swing of the, of his hammer seems to sort of push the blackness out of the blade as it begins to well up on the edge and as he hammers it to its final corner, a few black, like darkness, drops of liquid fall into a open container that he then caps, uh, caps and holds up before you and says, this is evil. And I don't mean to mince words. In its truest form, this is evil. Garen looks disgusted more than angry or any other emotion. And uh, Bagur puts the small container in his uh, pocket. And you look upon your weapon new, almost as if it had never known rust or a harsh desert wind or a bloody battle it didn't win. It shines almost as if it was freshly forged but to which you see Bagur continue to hammer the blade and steep in oil and forge in fire and douse in water and then hand to you. Uh, Garen would take it reverently and look um, look to the lizard man and look back to the weapon and he would, almost like a, a genuine weight was off of his shoulders, would just say you're not with me with my bat. You're not with me at all. Hold on, I fucked it up. You are not with me in all of my battles anymore. You sick bastard. It is now a proper plus one magic halberd. All right. I'll get oh, rid. Oh, girl. I'll get rid of that one d six on it. Yep. Don't even care. Bothered Garen so much. I mean, it now gets plus one to hit and to damage rather than just plus d6 necrotic. Ooh. Right. Which is the base. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, Garen looks just incredibly relieved. That was something that was genuinely weighing on his soul. Yep. And the halibird feels lighter. It feels stronger and faster. And uh, Bagur tells you, those who call a weapon friend must bond with their weapon. I cannot promise what will happen, but should you give your 
attention to your weapon for some time, I think you will be rewarded. Um, once again, Garen will just utter his gratitude multiple times and just, it almost looks like he's going to cry. Killing that child really, really messed with him. <laughs> sure, it would. <laughs> but um, he, uh, the, the just massive lizard man looks genuinely humbled in this moment. Bagu rests a hand on your sh- on your shoulder and says, "We all make mistakes and we all have regrets. It's how we move on that shapes us." Take the it day. Just bo- f- yeah. It just uh just bothered me, you know. I mean, what are we doing here if we can't even save one kid? Take the day and think on it. Your answer will take your whole life to find, but you will find it, friend. I think I will. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for this. He nods and smiles and sees you at the door. All right. And with everyone feeling a little bit better about themselves, a new path to follow, a new opportunity and redemption, I think we'll end it tonight. All right. Thank Whoa, you. That was some sick RP. Right? Yeah, for real. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Uh, as always, I have been and will continue to be your dungeon master, Kenny. We have with us our warlock. A um, little bit tainted. Feeling okay with it. Have a good night, everybody. Our fighter. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Jeff, and y'all have a good night. And our rogue. It's Devin playing Farung. Uh, pooped and then got learned. Have a good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Night. Night. Bye.